You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Housing advocates and two downtown city councillors are calling on the city to declare a state of emergency on homelessness. Gord Perks and Kristen Wong-Tam say it would force the other levels of government to take action and provide funding. Here's how Miss Wong-Tam sees it. We have people living under the gardener, living in the ravines, living in the parks. We have homelessness encampments uh, throughout the city. We also at the city are we're building what we call semi-permanent structures to house individuals now that don't meet the shelter standards because we've created this new system called 24 respite center all of this is coming to a head the solutions that we've used in the past to address homelessness are failing okay so here's the thing while we all want to be compassionate these places have an effect on neighborhoods where they're located and it is often not good to say the least. And I have to come clean. We have a new emergency respite shelter just across the street here. There have already been some problems. Uh, there have been uh, people afraid to come into the door at work because of uh, people loitering there. There's been drug paraphernalia. And on the weekend, there was actually uh, a police takedown uh, involving drugs uh, right outside here. So, um, the question is, what about the neighborhoods? And what do you do? I mean, after all, uh, the people who are encamped under the gardener are supposed to be moving soon. So let me give you the numbers to call, uh, especially curious if you have one of these places in your hood. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And uh, right now with her very unpolitically correct take, I am joined by Sue and Levy, Toronto Sun investigative columnist. Hi, Sue Ann. Hi, Libby. You made me laugh <laughs> with that introduction. Well. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting you should say about the issues uh, already surrounding the Liberty Village. Um, I call it the prefab warehouse um, because I could have predicted it. Uh, I've seen this happen at 21 Park Road. In fact, just wrote about this past weekend right. about how they're barricading, the community is barricading themselves now, and, and that uh, Branksome Hall has had to put up razor wire on their um, fence surrounding their playing field because uh, clients from the shelter were climbing over the fence um, and exposing themselves to the young ladies. Yeah, Branksome Hall, by the way, is a very uh, hoity-toity private yeah. school for girls. Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, the, the problems have been replicated in, in, in that neighborhood and in uh, the Victorian Dundas neighborhood near the harm reduction site. Uh, Dundas and Sherburne has had so many problems. Um, and the only reason that they may even be lessened at the moment is because of the cold weather, although you're talking about issues, because issues always happen when you put 100 people together in a warehouse and you allow them to take drugs, and you give them harm reduction kits, and you don't supervise them properly, what what do the people at the city expect? Uh, well, I, I suspect that that is what they suspect, you know, and I, I put the question to the mayor a couple of times, and basically what he said was, uh, you know, 
nobody wants these, so we decide where the appropriate places are. And what I have to say to that is, at least it's it's a straight answer, <laughs> which you don't always get from a politician <laughs> talking to somebody who has a vote. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of a, neighbors feel powerless. I mean, they, they hold so-called neighborhood meetings uh Uh maybe you can talk more about that but but you know if you don't like it basically the answer is tough luck well you're sort of intimidated into accepting it and you're called a nimby and this is what's happened to the 21 park road uh people the collier asquith neighborhood uh surrounding that that's right near young and bluer by the way so it's right 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 downtown right behind the bay and and the shelter residents are housed in a the old oscar peterson house um, I actually had a tour of the shelter last Friday, and look at I I, I don't uh, argue with what what is needed and what these people are trying to do, but um, there's got to surely to goodness there has to be some balance. And if you listen to the poverty uh, pimps, as I call them, or the advocates who came to or are coming, continuing to come to the committee this morning, the executive committee, and wanting to declare homelessness a, uh, a disaster, a national disaster, um, they, they think that, you know, all, no holds barred, that anything and everything should be done, doesn't matter, all this money should be spent, there should be no rules. If it was up to them, um, well, it's as bad, it's as bad now. But can you imagine? So um, there is no fine balance anymore, I think, in this city between respecting the rights of residents of the surrounding neighborhoods uh, and, so- and, and, you know, and, and taking care of the homeless. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers out again because I would like to hear from people on this issue. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Now, if, Suzanne, I think, I keep calling you Suzanne. You can <laughs> it's call in me my anything, brain, it's, it's far and I apologize. Be- it's far better than some of the other names I'm called. Uh, so. that, that's probably true, <laughs> uh, Suzanne. So... If we say, you know, got to say it's probably true that, that nobody who lives in, you know, a nice residential neighborhood is really going to want these things. Mm-hmm. So uh, where should we put these people? Because we agree we have to help them. Well, you know, it's a combination of errors, and I've actually suggested that I do something uh, for the weekend. And, and what has happened over the last 20 years, and I've had the luxury of kind of observing this over the last 20 years, 20 years ago when Jack Layton Sr., the Layton Sr., now Layton Jr., is on the, the bandwagon, wanted to declare homelessness a national disaster. And in fact, council fell for it uh, so that more money could be thrown at the problem. The problem is that um, no, nobody wants to resolve it in the industry because they'd be out of jobs. And resolving it is actually finding homes for these people, finding roofs over their heads, and not allowing them to remain on the street in the cold, um, and not uh, creating these expensive Band-Aids. I've said this year after year after year, these shelters that cost $105 a night. So that shelter that's creating problems in your neighborhood... And cost $1.2 million. It's supposedly temporary, but it's $1.2 million for this uh, so-called... Just to erect it. And yeah. then the operating costs are $105 per bed per night. So imagine all that money could have been put into um, a, some kind of affordable housing, into rent supplements. I've been saying this for years. The other thing is that I've been saying over the last year that Toronto Community Housing has over a thousand vacant units that are just sitting there. They consider them unrentable. When is somebody going to say enough is enough and put 
some of these homeless people into these units. Uh, what are they hanging on to them? Are they for unsafe, dear life? though? No, they're not unsafe. They're rentable. They're absolutely rentable, but people have been allowed to turn them down. There may be bachelors, they may be one bedrooms, but they're perfect for a single homeless person. And I've been saying this over and over again. Any of those people who come into that shelter, even with their pets, their pets would be allowed in those buildings, could take one of those units. So there are solutions, but nobody wants to actually connect the dots and make those solutions happen. Well, there are a couple of issues. So first of all, not all people who are homeless want to go into a shelter or into anything. No. The people that are hardcore homeless on the streets at this time of year, and I've talked to many of them, um, they... Uh, actually are afraid to go into shelters. They're afraid that um, their possessions might be uh, stolen. Many of them are mentally ill. And, um, well, I used to say that they couldn't take their drugs into the shelters, but now they can in respite shelters. So it's more mental illness or a fear, a paranoia of having their their possessions stolen, and that does happen. Um, The mental illness problem is indeed a a huge problem. And that dates back to the 90s when all these people were deinstitutionalized. Exactly. Yeah, so here we are, what, wringing our hands 20 years later, almost 30 years later. 30 years later, I think it's more than that. I think it's before the 90s that happened. Yeah, well, it was during Bob Ray's era, because I remember um, an institution closing up in Muskoka near where I used to call it. And, you know, 30 years later, we're still talking about it, and these people are roaming the streets, and you feel for them, and they're not getting the help they need. Um, And I don't think that people should have a right to lie on grates in this kind of weather. There should be some action that's done saying, you have to come inside, and, and you have to have a roof over your head in the coldest of the cold. We hear about extreme weather uh, alerts constantly from the city. Why don't we say extreme weather alerts mean that all these people have to come inside for a certain period of time? Um, yeah, and then the question is, where do they come inside? Let's take a call from Sandra in Toronto. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Libby. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Real quickly, um, uh, I hear the same thing Every year, always around this time, it's like, Mm. let's, you know, take care of the homeless. What are we going to do? Do we house them there? Do we put them in this warehouse, that warehouse? Uh, What what sort of uh, stuck in my mind, uh, Libby, is when you mentioned the number, 1.2 million, and then you went on to kind of break it down, $105 a night per person. I mean, it's all about doing the things at the last minute. It's always at this time of year. It's like procrastination. I mean, why don't they do something during the warmer months? start taking care of it then. And it's always the same thing. And the uh, extreme weather alert, I mean, that was started, I think it was two years ago, when they found a fellow um, right at Dundas Square. He froze in the back of a van, and another lady froze in the construction site. I mean, it's the same old, same old, same old. And the uh, your guest is right. It's like a position. It's a job. Let's not, you know, um, take, let's not, you know, be successful at housing the people. Okay, Sandra, thanks for that. Thank you. Uh, two things, uh, uh, Sue Ann. So, first of all, the mayor made an announcement about affordable housing today. Right. To fast track it, yes. To fast track it, though, I think when he's talking about affordable housing, he's talking about uh, affordable housing that, uh, you know, young working people can afford and not. Well, it's mixed. It would be a mixed neighborhood where yeah. you'd have um, sort of market rents. Um, and then you'd have rent geared to income units. Um, 
But let's bear in mind, that announcement was made. They're looking for sites or they've identified sites. But these things are years in the making. And that woman, Sandra, who just spoke, is absolutely right. This problem didn't present itself yesterday, didn't present itself five months ago. I was hearing the same uh, narrative 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And all these councillors should be just absolutely ashamed of themselves for allowing this to continue and to perpetuate over the years. Isn't this, sorry, isn't isn't it exacerbated because we have a lot of migrants in the mix? Thank you, thank you. And not one person mentioned that this morning. So uh, 40 to 50 percent of the shelter beds currently are being occupied by refugees and asylum seekers. And and that is unprecedented in all the years I've been reporting on it. the shelter beds have never, ever been so full. And so this has pushed some of the other homeless out onto the streets or into respite shelters. And so the blame also lies squarely with um, Mr. Trudeau in Ottawa, who's opened the floodgates uh, with no plan in where to house them and how to house them. Well, uh, John Tory is looking looking for money. I mean, you know, yeah. again, this is probably where you and I would disagree. You know, a lot of people, I, Justin Trudeau hasn't handled this very well. But, you know, I think that when you are looking at a worldwide problem yeah. uh, of refugees, migrants, asylum seekers, a worldwide problem, I think that it would be a bit unrealistic to think that we in this wonderful country would be untouched by it. Well, no, and and, and that's entirely true. But, you know, you've got to have a plan. You can't exactly. just say, welcome all, one and all. And you've got to be prepared to fund the big cities, the urban centers that are absorbing the refugees. I think we're probably about 75 million dollars in the hole right now. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Dealing with refugees. Just dealing with the refugees alone. Right. So where does this where does this uh, leave us? I mean, I know that it uh, also costing private sector. There's increased security costs. Yeah. And some of it I know here is quite ironic. You know, the, this actually, even though it's condos and stuff, it's a family area, Liberty Village. Young right. families, they're, they're totally cool bringing their kids up in a condo. And there are quite a few uh, health, uh, you know, doctors, chiropractors, mm-hmm. uh, clinics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them, you know, it's like they moved from their previous location because of this. And now they have another one on their doorstep. So, Yeah, well, you know what? I think any community, yours, 21 Park Road, Collier Asquith, any of those communities are prepared to do their fair share. That's not the store. That's not the issue. They're always been and always will be prepared to do their fair share. But you just can't plunk people with uh, so many problems. A low barrier into low barrier shelters. You can't um, plunk vagrants with drug problems, addiction problems, vandalism issues. Um, and and not have not take responsibility for what is happening outside the shelter. When I interviewed the Margaret's people last week, last Friday, they didn't even want to admit that there were you know that problems were even going on at Branksom Hall. So you know first you got to open your eyes, then you got to take responsibility, then you got to get out there and 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 do your part to police the neighborhood and make sure the people that you're serving are not impacting or being good neighbors. And they're not prepared to do that as of yet, and they've got to be. Because why should you, why should any of those people in the Collier Asquith neighborhood, why should Liberty Village residents have to pay for their own private security or pay to pick up needles? That's not their job. 
Okay. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens as the winter progresses. Uh, Sue Ann <laughs> it's going Levy. going to be a long one. <laughs> what is going to be a long Well, let's hope not. Yeah. Uh, Sue Ann Levy, thank you very much for being with us. And we're going to follow this along and see what happens this winter. Okay. You take care, Libby. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.